It is Friday and it is time to check in with the Vancouver Suns, Vaughn Palmer. Good morning to you. Good morning, Vaughn. We are talking, well, we'll start off, we're talking about the Surrey by-election. And uh, I, I would think that it's uh, okay if people are hearing about this and saying, I forgot there was even a Surrey yeah. by-election going on. No, it's, it, August is, tends to be a quieter time on the political beat. Some of the politicians take time off. The legislature's not sitting. Uh, however, uh, we're having a by-election in Surrey South. That's where the uh, Liberal MLA Stephanie Kaju uh, resigned to take a job with the federal government. And so we're having a by-election. Uh, they called it. Uh, you can still, if you if you want to know, listener, <laughs> if you're even eligible to vote in this thing, uh, best thing to do is to go on the Elections BC website and see um, where Surrey, by, uh, Surrey South is, because it doesn't include White Rock, for example. So, um, so that's the thing. It's uh, voting is hmm the tenth, but the advance polls open on the first of September. You can still get on the voters list if you live there. Uh, so, you know, it's a chance to vote. It's it's going to be an interesting by-election, Jill, because there's a lot of competition. You've got five candidates, uh, the big four BC parties. I how big they are, we can debate, but uh, they're all there. So you've got the B.C. Conservatives trying to revive themselves. You've got the B.C. Liberals. You've got the NDP, and you've got the Greens, and I think there's a Libertarian running there as well. So you got them all in there. Um, halfway point, a couple of interesting things that happened this week. One is, uh, this time last Friday, we were talking about how Kevin Falcon had kicked John Rustad out of his... Liberal caucus made him go sit as an independent. Well, Rustad met yesterday with the conservative candidate in Surrey South, um, Harmon Bangu, and pretty much endorsed him, said he donated to his campaign and thinks if you uh, agree with them uh, that about environmental extremism, uh, you should uh, consider voting him as well. So Conservatives be a factor in this by-election in a way they've not been in a number of general elections over the years. Uh, interesting, yeah. And uh, you, you could say, I suppose, the race got a bit more interesting now that we're seeing uh, who's backing uh, which candidate and, yeah. uh, like you say, the fight uh, from all of the, the major parties. Yeah, I mean, look, the Conservatives have uh, off and on tried to revive themselves as a, as a political force in the province this happens periodically. Generally, people who, in general terms, people who vote for the Conservatives federally, and the federal party does really well in B.C., tend to vote for the B.C. Liberals provincially. And some people who vote for the federal Liberals vote for the B.C. Liberals as well. So it's it's an alignment of that. But every now and then, somebody decides to revive the Conservative Party, and that's what's happening. So uh, you may remember last year, uh, trivia fans, that there was a guy named Aaron Gunn, who was a political activist in the province, tried to run for the leadership of the B.C. Liberal Party. Well, the Liberals wouldn't let him run. They said they found a lot of problems with some of his social media postings, so they wouldn't let him run. They didn't greenlight him to do it. Well, he's now come out and endorsed Harmon Bangu as well. So Bangu's a lists himself on his website as a trucker, but the Conservatives say he's also a, a small business person, so you can be both. Uh, in fact, they are both. So <laughs> uh, that's the Conservative candidate, and last 
provincial election, Jill, the liberals there won the seat, but only with a margin of about 4% of the vote. So it was close. Well, the Conservatives ran a candidate in that recent by-election in Vancouver, Quilchenna. They took 7% of the vote. So the Conservatives could be the balance in this. They, it could be a close race. We don't know that. We haven't seen any polling, although the parties have probably done some. Um, and so this is uh, shaping up as a, I wouldn't say a four-way fight, but all four parties will be a factor in there. And, you know, at the at the the issue that's driving the conservatives at the moment and it's strengthened jill by rustad's endorsement is climate change rustad got into a fight with kevin falcon over climate action he said that he uh, denied being a climate denier so he denied being a climate change denier but he said he thought the measures that were being taken are were too strong and they were hurting working people well, uh, this guy Bangu and the Conservatives, the BC Conservatives, they want to get rid of the carbon tax in BC completely. Get it rid of it. That's their platform. So, Rustad has gone from being uh, a liberal MLA who was part of the government that brought in the carbon tax, and he ran four elections after that, one each time as a liberal in a party that supports the carbon tax. He's now out endorsing a party that wants to get rid of it. So this climate action thing is proving to be divisive in British Columbia. I think we have to say that. Yes, absolutely. And again, voting day uh, for that, like you said, on September 10th. Uh, Let's talk a little bit, if we can, as well. Crime, prolific offenders. Uh, We saw the Kelowna RCMP put out a release uh, yesterday about a repeat offender, more than 400 police files. Uh, That was the same day we learned that that the report on prolific offenders is going to be delayed. Yeah, this issue's been building for a while. You mentioned Kelowna. I notice it's now becoming crime and action against uh, prolific crime and uh, public safety becoming an issue in both the civic election in Vancouver and the civic election in Surrey, and I expect it will continue. This is civic election year, but... The government, provincially, under pressure all through the spring, especially for the problem of prolific offenders and downtowns feeling unsafe and random attacks. Well, the solution that David Eby, who back then was still Attorney General, took was to um, essentially appoint a committee. He appointed a review, two members, and he said, now we're not, you know, cooking the, kicking the can down the road too far, two months. That report was due next week, next Friday, September 2. Uh, well, yesterday, you're right, Joe, we got a note from the government, from the, the new Attorney General, or the guy who took over Attorney General's ministry when Eby stepped down to run for the NDP leadership. So that's Murray Rankin, and uh, his uh, announcement is uh, they need more time to produce this report. So the report, the full report won't be coming for another month. Till the end of September, they're supposed to produce um, recommendations and an executive summary of the full report uh, mid-September. So a, a significant delay because of the urgency of the problem. I mean, we hear all the time from people who don't feel safe walking around downtown in, in B.C. cities. 
And and the reason given as well was there's just too much information. Too many people are clamoring to tell them about prolific offenders. Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I was joking this morning that, come on, the government's only had five years to deal with these problems. You know, what do you expect? But no, that's not what the uh, press release said. What the press release said was uh, two things. Yes, uh, they're inundated with submissions. Okay, well, you know, a lot of people, that tells you this is a hot issue. So an awful lot of people wanted to offer them their opinion. And these are complex issues and they need solutions. So the only thing I would say is looking at this, Jill, um, this report, uh, recommendations due mid-September, full report end of September, I would not be expecting instant action on any of this. And partly that's because we're in the middle of an NDP leadership race. And the new leader, probably David Eby, won't be named until December. And I doubt you're going to see bold action by the government this fall, although the legislature's sitting in October and November. I think we're probably going to be waiting for David Eby to step back in and take charge of this, and it'll probably be next year uh, because, you know, December's downtime. So, I, I mean, as a commentary on how slow the government has been to respond to a hot and pressing problem. I think yesterday's announcement, even though they tried to minimize it as only a two-week delay, I think we're into a much longer delay on this, and I think people are quite right to be worried and anxious and frustrated and impatient. I believe a lot of people are all of those things. Vaughn, thank you so much. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you on Monday. Bye-bye, Jill.